First off, before we begin this podcast, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been tuning in to Morning Tai Chi at 8 a.m. Uh, we've transitioned to doing it on the weekdays from Monday through Friday, every morning on the My Metro Medicine Facebook page, and I also do it on Instagram Live in my story feed to bring you a nice, relaxing, calming, uh, stress-free Tai Chi session delivered from me every single morning during the week. So I hope that you will tune in. And if you miss them, you can always follow up on YouTube to catch up with each of the lessons. So while you're stuck in your house and you think you have nothing to do, I am giving you something to do. Every morning, 8 a.m., be there with me Monday through Friday. And if you miss one, you can always go back onto YouTube during the weekends and review. And I give you some bonus lessons. We do a little workout afterwards for about five minutes. We do some abs, we do some arms, we do some meditation, some relaxation, we do some stretching. Every morning's a little bit different. So if you haven't been there yet, I'll see you at our next class. Morning Tai Chi with Justin, My Metro Medicine page, Facebook, or Instagram. See you there. And thank you for listening to the Justin Flinner Podcast. And now, this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is Justin Flinner coming to you live from Northern Virginia with the Justin Flinner Podcast by My Metro Medicine. In this podcast, I sat down with frontline healthcare worker here in Northern Virginia, Pukai Jin, a radiology technologist specialist who is working on the front lines in the hardest hit county of the state of Virginia during the coronavirus pandemic. Our discussion included some of the challenges and difficulties that the Inova Health System is experiencing right now, and also some of the sacrifices Pukai has made and other frontline healthcare workers are making here in, again, the hardest hit county in the state of Virginia. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope it brings you some new information and new understanding of what is happening here in the state of Virginia. And I wish you all the best. So please, please, please stay healthy, stay happy, and stay home. And now, enjoy the next episode of our Ask the Expert interviews. We're there and we're live. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Let me just test the sound on this computer. Make sure we are good. All right. Okay. Can you hear that? That's the background. We're, we're, we're good to go. That. Okay. All right, sir. Uh, we are ready to get started. Let's see if some people are starting to tune in. Um, let me pull up a couple of my notes. Welcome everyone who's watching right now. Uh, I can see that probably some people are gonna start tuning in shortly over the next few minutes, which is great. I'm Justin Flinner. I'm here with our frontline healthcare worker in Northern Virginia. This is Pukai Jin. So Pukai Jin, thank you so much uh, for being here. And thank you for having me, Professor Jenner. Absolutely. So, uh, Pukai and I, we know each other. He was a student of mine at the VOIM, and now he has moved on to the doctoral level, so he's still going through the program uh, in oriental medicine. So he is also an oriental medicine practitioner, but he also works in Western medicine as well. And right now, he is on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic here in Northern Virginia, which is the hardest hit area in the state of Virginia right now. So before I introduce him fully, I have his bio listed in front of me. I want to invite everyone to just put in a comment right now. Let us know where you're tuning in from. If you're from here in Northern Virginia, say hi. I'm watching from Virginia. My name is. You introduce yourself. Uh, if you're watching from Washington D.C., if you're watching from Maryland, if you're watching from New York, Italy, China, across the world, wherever you're tuning in from, let us know who's watching, where you're watching from, and if you have a question, you can go ahead and post it now because in a little bit I'm going to take some questions from all of the viewers, and I'll keep saying that throughout. I want everybody to be aware that Pukai is here not just, talk, not just to talk to me, he's here to talk to all of you. And that's the reason I brought him here is to help talk with the public, to get a, uh, a familiar face for me, someone that I know and trust, that I can have him give some information to you as to what is going on right here 
in Northern Virginia. So, Fukai, I have your bio. I'm going to read it off. Don't be okay. embarrassed because you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fukai is a radiology technologist specialist who currently works at Innova Health System, which is a very large uh, health system here in Northern Virginia. Um, and he is a professional doctorate student of oriental medicine at the Virginia University of Integrative Medicine. I mentioned that a brief moment ago. Fukai's job at Innova is to operate computed tomography or CT and x-ray equipment, which produces cross-sectional anatomy images of patients' bones, organs, and tissues that are used to diagnose medical conditions, which we'll touch upon briefly in relation to the coronavirus uh, in just a moment. And as a radiology technologist specialist, Fukai works closely with medical doctors, nurses, and patients to obtain high-quality diagnostic images and maintain safety from radiation exposure. So again, Pukai, I know you. I've uh, known you for several years now, uh, being at BUIM. And I did know that you were at ANOVA. So I want to start off mm -hmm. uh, first by telling everyone very briefly about what is going on in Northern Virginia as of my notes last night. So mm -hmm. uh, last night, in, on March 7th, was the first case of coronavirus that was announced here in the state of Virginia. Now, as of April 3rd, which was last night when I checked this, we went from one on March 7th to 2,012 positive cases in the state of Virginia. And I'm sure it's climbed because last night they didn't update it because they were working on something in Richmond. The schools in the state of Virginia are now closed for the rest of the school year. It took a while for Fairfax to do that, but finally they folded. Uh, we've been ordered to stay at home and close non-essential businesses through June 10th, according to the governor's order. Social distancing, we all know what that is by now. There have been fines that have been announced for people who are not obeying the orders of the state's government. And of course, people are panicking by buying up all the toilet paper in the world. Uh, it's just silly some of the things that people are going off and buying. Uh, it's hand sanitizer is already gone. Masks are already gone. And now, as of yesterday, the CDC has officially recommended that everybody wear a mask. So since March 7th in the state of Virginia, we have come, not even in an entire month, we have come this far, completely on lockdown, everybody wearing masks, the stores are cleared out, and Pukai is still at the hospital working with patients on a regular basis. So... Can, to start off, Pukai, can you tell us basically what is the day in the life of a frontline healthcare worker like yourself? Sure. So as a radiology technology specialist, so I'm working in the radiology department and also CT department. So our job is to obtain diagnostic images for the doctors and uh, uh, for this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so that will utilize us to order uh, CT or X-ray images for the chest, abdomen, to assess pneumonia, how that progression is, um, mm -hmm. and decide what the treatment plan is. Mm -hmm. I normally work eight hours, uh, but for now, we've been working different shifts and different hours. So sometimes we've been working like 16 hours, and sometimes we have to work back-to-back -to -back too. Uh, to cover different shit. Um, so that's it for now. Um, uh, I don't know how that's going to be later on. So we're also running out of uh, a lot of supplies as well. Uh, yeah, can so, you speak to that? So here in Northern Virginia, I mean, when did the shortages start? To our hospital, I would say uh, like a week ago. And I realized we're running out of mask, uh, uh, hospital gowns, and cleaning wipes. Um, also, the face shield. Because um, I which, thought like we... Mm -hmm. No, uh, just ask, which hospital are you stationed at, Pukai, again? Uh, I know the Mount Vernon Hospital, located Mount, in Mount Vernon, North Virginia. Okay, yes. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Um, I just wanted to get that info out there in case I might have missed it. But so the shortages started about last week. And then what else have you noticed since then? 
Well, we also have a lot of coworkers, they uh, get sick as well. So we try to cover the shift. So it's really hard time for us to work different shift. Um, now, when also, you say sick, you mean because of the coronavirus? Uh, probably not. Uh, no. Because like they, some of them, the quarantines right now, so we have no confirmation for now. Uh, but most of them, they have upper respiratory symptoms like fever, coughing. Uh, so I won't say they got sick from coronavirus, but there's it's potential. a possibility. But possibility. I mean, anybody who's working long hours in a very high stress environment right now and concerned about their health as well as the health of the people they're caring for is bound to get sick. Uh, if, I mean, given the circumstances, it can be very challenging. So that makes sense that, I mean, we're not really entirely sure that it's uh, COVID-19 or something else, just like a common cold or flu or whatever it might be, right? Correct. Okay. So how many people a day are you typically, typically seeing in one shift? And it doesn't mean just for COVID-19, but just in general, how many people do you typically serve? Within the normal eight hours, I'm normally seeing about 20 to 30 patients. And also, um, so as for now, our hospital has canceled all outpatient appointments. We also canceled all unnecessary uh, surgeries. I saw so that. Basically all the, yes, basically all the patients we've been in contact, uh, most of them are COVID-19 uh, uh, patients or that patient, they under investigation. Um, there are also some patients, they may come to ED uh, with other medical uh, conditions too. Um, but most, most of the patients we contact, they are COVID-19 patients. So here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. These people that uh, potentially do get diagnosed with having COVID-19, how do they arrive at the hospital? What process do they go through from recognizing they have symptoms to be they're being put into quarantine at the hospital or at home. Okay, so the patient we received, they either came with ambulance or they walk in or some of them transfer, transfer from other hospital or clinics. The ED doctor or nurse will first assess the patient's symptoms and decide the treatment plan. And they, they will order the radiology images um, we are the one going to take the images, and um, they're also going to order lab. The lab result, I believe, going to take about a day or two. Um, they usually take, they used to take about like three to five days. Now they try to shorten the time. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but it still take about like a day or two to get a result back. So uh, we so far just treat all the, we call it PUI patients, the patient, the under investigation. This patient who will uh, who normally show up like fever or cough mm -hmm. uh, or um, abdominal pain or the symptoms linked to the COVID-19. So we treat them all like they are positive. Um, we're going right. to wear uh, our personal pr uh, protective equipment to protect us. And, um, and, and you also, wear that 100% of the time, correct? Most of the time, I would say, because we cannot wear that to every single patient. We only wear that the full protection with patient. They show the fever or cough, uh, those symptoms. There are a couple of times uh, the patient, they came to hospital for different medical con conditions, and we didn't wear the full protective equipment because, like I mentioned, we're running out of supplies. So, um, and then for that patient, the other test they ordered, uh, we, when we look at radiology images, we find out patient have pneumonia. But by the time we find out, sometimes it's kind of too late for us. Uh, and then the mm -hmm. patient will be quarantined. We just waited for the lab. There, all the medical staff has been quarantined because they didn't wear pr pr uh, proper protective equipment. So they have been quarantined too the lab result is negative for the patient. Okay. So can you just say once again, uh, the types of symptoms that people come in with COVID-19, what are they presenting with, just for the viewer's sake? Okay. So normally they will present cough, and fever, uh, chest pain, abdominal pain, and tiredness. 
And also the symptoms is very close to cold and flu. That is why uh, we see a lot of patients patient come with like similar conditions at this time. Right, and I think the in the media now they've been saying that there's a they seem similar, but there are some differences. So yeah, at least what they've been saying online is that this is this one appears to be much more highly contagious, uh, in terms of obviously the proximity talking, and they're learning more about it over time because in fact this is a new virus. So are there any distinct differences between just say the cold and the flu versus the COVID nineteen? Well, I, see, I think it's virus because I've been seeing the patients, they come with no symptoms at all, or like the, the patient I mentioned earlier, they come with abdominal pain. So you think it's probably not directly linked to the COVID-19, but on the image, it showed pneumonia. Um, mm -hmm. So I was saying uh, the fever and cough for sure is very obviously uh, the symptoms linked to the COVID-19. Um, and also, for now, we rely on the lab and the diagnosis images to make diagnosis. So that's actually my next question. So you're taking these CT scans, these x-rays of the patients who potentially have this uh, virus, and right. what is it that you're seeing? So on the CT scan, there is a sign we call ground glasses opacity. Uh, I know for now, we actually try not to use CT for diagnosis because one is CT, we, is, there's a radiation to the patients. Um, and also, I've been talking to the doctors, radiologists about that. Um, as for now, there's no treatment for COVID-19. There's no uh, like evidence for any cure for COVID-19 for now. So no matter patient have a COVID-19 or not, the, the treatment plan is actually not gonna change. Mm. So, uh, but like you said, COVID-19 is very contagious disease. So it's more just for us to protect ourselves. We try to limit radiology, uh, radiation to the patient. But the doctor also relayed on us to see how pneumonia progression is. So these two orders, not just to confirm COVID-19, but also to assess the patient treatment as well. Right. Wow, that sounds uh, pretty in-depth. I mean, there's a lot of unknowing, essentially, at the hospital. People are not really sure, but it sounds as though everyone, of course, being professionals in the medical field at a hospital, you have to take all the precautions that are necessary. Wear your protective equipment, wear your protective gear. Um, and if, you, if anyone watching saw the invitation or the event, you saw the picture of Pukai on the left, and then you saw the other picture of Pukai in his full gear. He had the full outfit on that he wears when he is. I assume that's when you're working with someone who's potentially positive. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And that's pretty intense. And you guys are running low on gear. And now is that the entire uh, suit, the entire thing that you wear, or is it just the masks? Because you're constantly wearing those more. Uh, where, where are these, uh, as we call them, deficiencies, right? Where are these deficiencies taking place? Well, normally when we enter the COVID-19 potentially patients, we're gonna wear um, a 95 mask and the eye goggles, face shield, uh, the head caps, and the hospital uniforms, uh, the disposable guns, and double gloves, and shoe covers. Uh, we also try to cover our equipment because we uh, come in and out from the, the patient's room. So we try to not spreading out the drugs. Right. So that's a lot of equipment. Um, also, uh, w for instance, for a 95 mask, so before this pandemic, we should use an 95 mask for every single patient, and we should change that when we contact different patients. But because we're running out of a 95 mask, so for now, we try to wear a 95 mask throughout the shift, or even a day or two, like two or three days. Mm -hmm. um, also, we've been receiving donations from others too. So I personally, I received 200 masks uh, from my friends. Uh, wow. yes, uh, those, those masks, I think some of them were purchased in the US. Uh, some of them shipped from China. They're all my friends, they donated to me. We also, I also have 400 like face shield on the way um, 
from the donor too. Um, so that's being said, our mask from different donors and they probably come with different standards. Uh, people probably don't know for the N95, there's so many different models of N95 and mm. uh, they design for different face shape. So there's like small, medium, dark ball mask. Uh, and sense. then, yes, uh, a most uh, useful one is uh, the blue one, the round one is called uh, 1860. Uh, so so I have a question for you. Uh, you're wearing these masks all the time and you're taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that you don't uh, contract this virus and become positive yourself. Uh, number one, the first question is, you're at home. Obviously, you can return home. You don't have to stay somewhere else. So yes. how is that advisement taking place uh, with your employer and whatnot, how do they allow you to go home or do they force people to stay somewhere else? And number two, my second question is, what are you doing to maintain your own health? Okay, so uh, we will come in our clothes for now. Um, when we enter the hospital door, there will be someone to taking our temperature, body temperature first and ask a bunch of questions, whether you have any symptoms related to COVID-19, have you ever traveled to other like countries or state within 30 days? Mm. And then uh, they will give us the hospital uniforms. Um, so we're gonna wear that. We also uh, wash our hands many times a day. Um, just to let you know, my fingerprint doesn't work anymore <laughs> when I lock my phone, so. Um, um, also, when we end our shift, I would return my uniform. I would take a shower and wash through my body. So uh, try not bring any germs you know, when I leave the hospital. So that's the, the protection I take, uh, and most of us take every day. You actually shower at the hospital, to f and then you put on a, a fresh pair of clothes or the clothes that you wore in that you took off before going into work. Uh, and that is the process. So you stay dirty in the dirty environment and clean in the clean environment. I mean, for lack of a better way of saying it, you separate the two. Wow. So what are some of your personal practices? What do you do to ensure that your health is at its highest every day that you go to work and even now on the weekend when you're resting? Well, first of all, try to practice social distancing. Uh, um, try to not stand, stay too close to my families, my coworkers, and even the patients. You know, I mean, obviously we have to contact them. Uh, we have to uh, touch them. Uh, but if we, you know, try not to stand too close and mm -hmm. try not to talk to patients face to face, or if we do, we make sure we have proper protections, mm -hmm. um, and also uh, try to ensure uh, enough rest and sleep. Uh, it's very important to our immune system. Also, try to uh, eat more healthy, um, have some you know, proper exercise to make sure my body is still uh, uh, strengthening my body. Um, that's what I do for now. That's excellent. Yeah, I think it it's, it's really is on the basics. It's get enough sleep, eat the right foods, make sure that you're following the right practices of social distancing, etc and doing a little exercise from time to time. So, I mean, that's really the basics of general health. And yes. in a time like this for you, you have to be very focused on that as well as your work, as well as the health and safety of everybody else. So let me ask you a couple more questions, Pukai, one of which is what sort of things, you mentioned social distancing, what are some things that the public uh, is doing or is not doing that we should all take note of, and perhaps if they're not doing, how should we change that? So I think it's more uh, practical that we can stop spreading disease rather than treating disease. So, um, so probably I encourage the people to wear the mask when they go outside um, and wash their hands frequently. Uh, Avoid going to social place with high density of populations. 
Mm -hmm. um, and also, uh, I know it's being, it's, it is hard time for, for everyone right now. Um, so uh, I think when this first started, uh, we didn't take very seriously to what happens right now. So it's, I think it's very important for us to try to protect themselves and for the others too. Okay. All right. Uh, so I have, I hope everybody out there is doing what Pukai said. I mean, wearing a mask, making sure you're washing your hands frequently, take, take all the necessary precautions and don't be too concerned about what other people might think that you look funny with a mask. I mean, when I went to a store a few weeks ago, I had, I had a mask on. I went with, uh, I don't have goggles, but I went with my glasses instead of my contacts. I wore a hat. Uh, I also had gloves with me as well. And people were looking at me like uh, I'm the sick one, right? Because that's, that's what we were told at the beginning. Only the sick people should wear the stuff. I knew from the start that we should all be taking every precaution. Uh, so uh, now we officially have word from the CDC. I hope that people now heard that yesterday. And if you don't have a mask, there's plenty of videos online that can teach you how to make an at-home <laughs> mask or make a mask at home, I should say. So let me move on a little bit. Um, I got a lot of questions for you, Pukai, but I'm hoping that some other people out there have some questions as well. So viewers, if you have questions for Pukai, feel free to send them in now uh, as we're talking. I only have a few more left and then I'll be looking for yours. So my next question, Pukai, is uh, if you're willing to share, uh, and if you have any, what sacrifices have you made uh, to be on the front lines as often as possible? I mean, I already asked you the question, can you return home after your shift? Uh, and you said yes, and you told us how to do that. But have you made other sacrifices? Like, have you said to your wife, you say, uh, I work with a bunch of people today, and I'd like to just for our own safety, you have to sit over on that side of the sofa. Don't sit next to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, obviously, is everyone's nervous right now. Uh, so right. Uh, my wife, she uh, because I work different shift, and sometimes she have to get up really early to make breakfast for me uh, and also wash my clothes more often uh, like almost like daily right now I have different you know clothes like, like a lot of like uniforms you know I try to double the uniforms a little bit so so that can give me more protection so she mm -hmm. we have to wash our clothes more um, uh, also even though I receive the donation from my friends I try to now to uh, you know, contact them. Just tell them to drop your stuff outside your home so I pick up. Um, also, uh, the one I sacrificed most, I think, is uh, nervousness. So every time before I go in the room, so I have to wear so many equipment. Uh, and also, when I close the door into the isolation room, it's actually like, it feels like two different worlds. So when you close the door, uh, it's so quiet in the room. It's just you and patients. And with those N95 masks, it's really hard to breathe. You can hear your breathe and you can feel your breathe. Yeah. Uh, like our job, we have to contact the patient. We have to use our equipment to take images. And it's very difficult with all the gears. Uh, uh, and also, especially for the patient, they cannot cooperate. Uh, so patient, they're on respirators. And we basically have to do everything for them. And... Uh, it is, uh, it's, and sometimes we're probably gonna feel uh, some headaches uh, and also tiredness because we wanted that mask for like good, maybe like hour or two, uh, yeah. first time, yeah, like every time when I contact patients. So uh, that's the thing, like also even an N95 supposedly only give you 95% of protections. So you actually take the risk every time when you contact those patients. Even though you have a proper protection, so there's also the risk uh, you may get infected from COVID-19. So um, I also try to call my moms, call my family members every day to tell them, you know, I'm safe. So far, I'm all right. Don't worry about me. Uh, but, you know, they know, they, they tell me, you know, what should you do? Even like my mom, even she's not a medical profession, she still tell me what you should do, I think. Yeah, that's the Listen, the listen to your mom, Pukai. Yes. She knows yes. best. She raised you, she, she birthed best. you. She is the leader of your life. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So can you share, uh, number one, uh, if you can share, I don't know if you Mm -hmm. have any, and number one, if two, number two, if you're allowed to, but can you share with us maybe a difficult experience that has taken place since the start of the pandemic here in Northern Virginia? Uh, and also to balance that out, can you share with us a positive experience, something that you've noticed that maybe really touched you or touched somebody else that, uh, related to their experience now? Sure. Uh, let's go with, I think we can do better uh, in the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, so um, yeah. actually, before North Virginia announced the first case, so I knew the COVID-19 is coming. It's like global things are already. Um, of course. So, uh, the, yeah, on the December 31st, 2019, the first COVID-19 uh, case recorded in Wuhan, China. Uh, so on the January 11th, the first deaths recording, like, recorded officially. And January 23rd, you know, Chinese government just locked down the entire Wuhan city. And they sent thousands of, like, medical staff to the Wuhan. So on the March 7th, you mentioned, so uh, I think Northern Virginia, just has their first uh, patient, they test positive. So that's being said for past two months, you know, we probably didn't take COVID-19 very seriously. So uh, the people just thinking uh, it's not a big difference uh, to flu. And then uh, it's so far away, you know, China is the other end of the, the earth. It's, it's yeah. gonna take a while to us, it's fine. Um, and yeah, until and- today, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, till today we have about like 2,400 people they, in Virginia, they are positive with uh, COVID-19. Uh, I think we didn't take seriously. And people, I think it's our culture too. We don't really see a lot of people wear the mask publicly, you know. No. Uh, yeah, we, at first people will laugh at those people um, to wear the mask. And then uh, I think that's probably why it's getting spread out so rapidly uh, in uh, Northern Virginia. Um, and, but positively, uh, I think now people start realize that, um, you know, school has been shut down uh, and essential business has been shut down too. And people stop going outside for now. Uh, for my hospitals, uh, my coworkers, they willing to help each other as well. So we take turns, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, oh, my normal shift was eight hour shift. Now mm-hmm. I work sometimes 16 hours a day. Um, so we're working longer hours, try to cover each, like everyone's shift to make sure we still be functioning like 24 hours daily. Yeah, so these shifts become really long uh there's a lot of new cases that are being posted just here in fairfax county i think every day i get an alert that says today we had 30 more positive cases uh today we have 40. uh i mean then unfortunately you get the one that says we've lost another person here in fairfax county due to the Mm -hmm. coronavirus Uh, i mean it's just like you said it's been here and we just didn't take the right precautions at the beginning. We didn't, uh, and still, I mean, even the people in the public are not taking it quite seriously enough, even to, even now, not wearing masks, but now they've been given orders to say, don't go out. And we can see by uh, New York City, for example, people going out to watch the ship come in to help take yes. care of people. I mean, I, I don't understand. What else do we need to do to get the message across? And Hopefully this this is just an additional thing that will help to get the message across. Uh, I mean, yes. obviously we're not the level of uh, Governor Cuomo and whatnot, but uh, I think that uh, this is definitely, especially for you, Pukai, and everyone who works in the Inova Health System and in the state of Virginia, caring for people on the front lines. Uh, they've been saying that this is uh, like wartime. We have had to devote so much of our resources and uh it becomes very difficult especially for someone like me i'm also a healthcare provider but as an acupuncturist my skills are limited i can't mm-hmm. do much for people suffering from something like this i can speculate i can try things but obviously that is not something that i want to be doing nor should anybody else be trying at this point in time so very briefly because we're both oriental medicine practitioners for everyone who's viewing if you didn't notice yet we both have 
uh, one of these in the background. So right there. <laughs> yeah, his his is a female, mine is a male. So we're well, but we have a little bit of yang, we have a little bit of yin. I like it. Uh, <laughs> but can you uh, speak briefly from your standpoint? Because I know we probably have some acupuncturists and oriental medicine practitioners watching. Uh, what are you noticing? And I mean, everyone can probably deduce what you've already said from what you've already said, but tell us what you see from an oriental medicine standpoint. Okay, so obviously it's very um, infectious disease, this is. So uh, very important is just strengthen your body immune system. So in Chinese medicine, I think it's very similar to strengthen your, your qi, especially zheng qi. Um, so I also, you know, uh, aside from receiving donation of the masks and face shield, I also received the donation of Chinese medicines. <laughs> so one of my students, uh, she gave me uh, the raw herbs uh, uh, to help me, you know, you know strengthen my body uh, to fight with those coronavirus. That's nice. Um, That's good. Yes. Yeah. It's raw herbs. It's is um yeah I, I think that that's the love of oriental medicine too um uh, she uh, she told me how to you know cook it and uh, it's actually right. not taste too bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah the herbal medicine i think of those of you out there who have tasted it before you know that it's not maybe the phrase is is not your cup of tea and it quite may not be so uh, oriental medicine has played a part, more so obviously in Asia than it has here. They've done some studies and there's a lot of research out there. If you're interested in that and you haven't come across it yet, I'm surprised, but there's a lot of it out there. Uh, and I think we have a long way to go. This is just getting started, especially in Virginia. It's been here for a while in the States. We've just now started to recognize it and take serious steps to prevent the spread of it. But it's been here and it's going to be here for a little while. So we're all trying to work together. And as I mentioned before, as a healthcare provider who has been asked, uh, being a non-essential healthcare provider, to close their doors puts me in a difficult position because I want to help. I want to help you, Pukai. I want to help the public. I, I want to help the people who are on the front lines because it's not like World War II where, where we were in a wartime that people could enlist in the military and say, I want to serve for my country. I want to serve in the military to help defend my country. I can't do that. I'm stuck in my house. So what can we do for you, Pukai? What can we do for the healthcare system that we are not already doing? Or maybe we are doing it and we just need to remind ourselves. What can we do? Well, I think the most important thing, just try to protect yourself. That's the only thing. Uh, that's the first thing. And so stop going to hospital if, or the clinics if you don't have severe uh, symptoms. So try to save those resources for the patient. They really need help. And if you have a mask uh, or face shield, uh, uh, you have to have more than what you need. You can donate to your local hospital or to us, I don't know health system. Uh, but I would say try not to buy them. So if you already have them, you can donate to us, but don't try to buy them uh, you know, yourself. Because also I think uh, right now the US government is trying to buy them from manufacturers too. So, uh, and also, also I know some website, even though you buy it, it's gonna be back ordered. Uh, and also they try to raise the price. I mean, um, you know, it's, so if you uh, want to help, don't uh, waste your money of buying stuff, but you, if you have more than what you need, you can try to donate to us. Right. And also probably like uh, remind people to practice social distancing, uh, wash your hands, you know, uh, try not to go out. I know it's springtime, beautiful outside, you know, it's, you know, it's spring break right now and people like to go out and enjoy you know, their life. But at this time, probably uh, just try to stay home. Yeah, we can stay home. We can follow those kinds of guidelines, recommendations, and eventually things will return to somewhat of a normal and we will be able to travel again. We will be able to go back out again, play outside, go for a run, ride your bike. I mean, all of those things can wait. Uh, so. And I, 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 I think we have a long way to go. Yes. We have a lot that we can do right now, even just being at home as frustrating as it might be. Uh, but 
we're all in this together. And Pukai, I want to say thank you for being here. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time on a day off when you're not on the front lines. So let me check to see if we have any comments or questions that have come in. Uh, I got some viewers, of course. Let me see where we're at right now. Okay. Uh, we often see you traveling with herbs, and especially you also get trained with herbs. Are you taking any of them for your own prevention? This is from one of your classmates, actually, Young Trent. Okay, yeah, I like to share that. So, um, what I have noticed, like, you know, the coronavirus, you know, is first case testing the Wuhan, China. So, uh, in China, there's a lot of like hospitals, they utilize herbs to treat COVID 19. Um, so, there's also several different formula, classic formulas being utilized. I was saying uh, for the treatment, depend on stage and patient's conditions. There's probably no one classic formula for that. But for you know, preventing the disease or for strengthening the lung qi, the one formula I received is modified, modified from Yu Ping Feng San, which is classic formula to, uh, for the patients or for the people who frequently get uh, cold or flu. So that's will protective and boost your immune system. And also I think if you, it's possible you can do some exercise like uh, Tai Chi or other uh, exercise to uh, help you boost your immune system too. That's right. So morning Tai Chi, everybody. Morning Tai Chi. I've been doing it every day since all this started in the lockdown. Tune in at 8 a.m. Hint, I might take a day off tomorrow. I might start doing it on weekdays because I'm realizing that this is a really good thing to do, but I got to rest too, right? So let's see what other questions we have. Uh, oh, we have a comment from Lee Winnie that says, thank you both for making our community safe and healthy and well-informed. Winnie from Vienna. Thank you, Winnie. That's a very nice comment. Thank you, Winnie. And we have... Ah, Hatira, would you recommend any herbal formula for prevention, immune boosting perhaps? And where can we get it from? <laughs> uh, we don't get sponsorship from any herbs company. I, I have no sponsorship <laughs> from. Yeah, so we're we're a clean slate right now. You don't have you don't have any uh, uh you know disclosures right now that you have to make, right? Yes. Well, I was saying, uh, even though there are some formulas, you know, has been announced, being utilized, uh, the best way is go to see your, you know, internal medicine practitioner, and they can, if you, you know, can, yeah, if you can. Uh, I know most of the clinic they probably closed right now. Uh, maybe some of them still open, because they're gonna uh, prescribe <coughs> prescribe the herbal formulas based on your your conditions as well. Yeah. Uh, if possible, yeah, go to see them. Uh, don't try try not to, you know, just take any formula. You know, you you find on the website, and they they claim they are useful. And obviously, um, I think uh, our um, so wh whoever asked this question, she's we uh, um students, and you already have the knowledge of herb medicine. <laughs> so maybe uh, you you can uh, find you, you can maybe like try my uh, formulas. Uh, which are you from uh, uh, So based on your appearance, you can tell me how, how you feel after taking it. There we go. Okay, so uh, I mean, the questions seem to mostly be coming in from Oriental Medicine practitioners. Uh, if anybody else has another question for Fukai right now, please go ahead. You can send it in, uh, ask about anything. If you live here in Northern Virginia, maybe there's something that you wanna ask him directly. Uh, if you are, in fact, having some signs and symptoms yourself and you want to know, who do I call? What do I do? Where do I go? Should I go anywhere? Uh, these are great questions. We talked a little bit about that before, but uh, let me just ask that one right now. If someone watching, maybe they're reluctant to say anything, if they are experiencing some signs and symptoms, who should they contact? Should they call their ANOVA? Like for me, I'm familiar with ANOVA Fairfax because that's probably mm -hmm. the closest to me. And that's actually where both of my children were born. And it's a great hospital. 
should I call the hospital itself? Yeah, you can call the hospital itself. Or uh, if it's since got really severe, uh, I would say call 911. Uh, but if you have like mild or moderate symptoms, you can call uh, your local Inova hospital. Um, so I think I know that they have like more than 10 hospital or clinics in Northern Virginia hospital. So try to contact one locally. So you don't have to go to Firefox. I know Firefox is the biggest hospital. Right. It's <laughs> yeah, closest so. and I'm familiar with it. So that's the first one that came to mind. Now, do they have a hotline? Uh, they do have hotline. Uh, before I prepared this interview, I went to the website. On their website, they will take you to the hotline. Yep. Yeah, that's I didn't I didn't actually look that up. I thought of it right now because I mean I would only search for it if I was asked about it or if I myself had symptoms. But uh, looking on here, I imagine that I could find it pretty quickly because I did look at the website and they have a big uh, banner across the top. It talks about COVID nineteen, etc. So if you are experiencing symptoms and you live here in Northern Virginia, go ahead. Like I said, if you're having like really severe symptoms, call one. But if you're just having general symptoms and you want to be screened for it contact the hospital that's closest to you. If there's a hotline available on Inova's website, you can call that and they will take care of you. Because uh, I mean, from my experience going to Inova, I haven't been there for this. I was there when, like I said, when my children were born, I had a really good experience. But by everything that you said, Puka, it sounds like the hospital is taking every precaution they possibly can. And anybody out there, if you have extra supplies of your own at your house, or if you have skills of sewing and you want to pass them on to the healthcare workers and you're making masks at home, you got to assembly line in your house where everyone's six feet apart doing different tasks, uh, then that would be great as well. But please consider donating to the local hospitals, to the healthcare workers. Uh, and I think it's also worthy for us to say that it, healthcare workers, yes, they were on the front lines, but there are also other people out there who were working on a day-to-day -day basis. Your delivery workers, your grocery store employees, uh, your garbage carriers, uh, people that bring you mail, all the packages, everything. There are tons of people out there who are still working to make sure that we maintain even the smallest bit of normalcy in our lives. So please think about the people around you. Perform social distancing the way it's supposed to be done. Wear the masks. Wear your protective gear like Pukai had advised you. Uh, take all the necessary steps that you need to to protect yourself and to protect the people who in our communities. So uh, let me see if we have anything else. I got one more. I got one from Janet, uh, Janet Kubalak. My understanding is that we shouldn't seek medical assistance unless we're having trouble breathing. Is that still good advice? As for now, I think it's still good advice because um, you may get favors or a call from others, not just COVID-19. For instance, it's season of allergies too. I also have some frontal headache and also itchy throat. Um, so for that, probably not a good hospital for now because um, we have a more patient volume for now. And it's and taking out patient taking a longer time because every time we see the patient, we have to gone up, we have to wear a lot of gears, protect ourselves and the patients. So that being said, um, is 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 so we're gonna take more actions to the patients. Probably it's not very convenient to to take all the patients, um, you know, than usual. So that's is being said. That, so try and stay home for now. Uh, obviously, try to quarantine. Try to stay away from others. Uh, if things gets worse, and you can call hospital or call 911 but if just mild symptoms uh, probably just stay home for now so even though the patient they conform with COVID-19 if they don't have severe symptoms sometimes we'll, we're going to send the patient to their home to let them quarantine themselves um, and when you send somebody home Pukai do you stay in contact with them the hospital calls them uh, every like every day, or is there a procedure that you're aware of? Because I know that's not obviously mm -hmm. your line of work, but does the hospital try to stay in touch with the pa patients who are quarantined at home? Uh, frankly, I have no idea. Uh, okay. But I'm thinking probably is they may also come to your home to take the blood lab, uh, but I don't know. Right. Okay. Interesting.
Uh, and you mentioned earlier, uh, how long does it take to complete a test? I think you said like one to two days, right? One to two days. I know there's some new technologies right. saying it's probably just take 15 minutes. Uh, I don't know how long it takes that technology to apply to our hospital. But for yeah. now, it still take a day or two to get lab results. Yeah, I remember earlier on, it was taking some physicians up to seven days to get results yeah. for the patient. It was take like three to five days and even like yeah. a week. Now, like as technology is progressive, I think it's probably taking a shorter time. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons the numbers are climbing so fast now is because the testing time is reduced yeah. uh, and many more people are presented with symptoms because that gives more time for the contagion to pass along to other individuals. So. Uh, let's take one more look to see if we have anybody. Uh, I think those are all the questions we have right now. So let me just say, Fukai, thank you very much for uh, for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time on a day off, as I mentioned before. And uh, like I said, there's not too much that we can do for you other than help you to spread the word, to help, uh, to allow me to say a few words, to remind the public of what we should do. So thank you for, again, taking the time to be here with me, to be here with us, and for sharing your first experience uh, uh, or your frontline experience with uh, COVID-19. So uh, I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best and stay healthy, stay happy. And I know you can't stay home because you got to work, but everybody else, Stay home. That's my that's my uh, catch line now. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay home. All right. Thank you for your high. concern and thank you for helping us. Absolutely. Uh, and everyone out there watching, this is Pukai Jin from Anova Health System, Mount Vernon Hospital. He's a radiology technologist specialist, and he is on your front line. He is the soldier in Northern Virginia with all the other soldiers out there. So thank you for. I, I can't say thank you for your service, but I guess I can say that. <laughs> uh, and yes, thank you. It's like wartime right now. Yeah. I know. And everybody else out there who is still working, who is still performing some duty for the community, uh, even if you are in the military National Guard, you're serving in an area far away from here, we thank you as well. Uh, everyone else who has been asked to stay at home, stay at home. Enjoy this time because you will get the chance to get back out there again. So, again, uh, we'll close out. We got nobody else. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Okay. It's been a pleasure. All the best. My pleasure too. Stay healthy. I'll talk to you Stay soon. Stay healthy. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right. This podcast is brought to you by My Mentor Medicine, an organization that is dedicated to helping people improve their lives by learning to empower themselves and take control of their own life. Any form of reproduction or distribution of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Should you have any questions on using this podcast or information that is contained within this podcast, please write to info at mymetromedicine.com. Yeah.